In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever into the ages of all ages, Amen. Yesterday we celebrated the Feast of the Assumption of the Body of St. Mary, oftentimes just referred to as the Feast of St. Mary, after a two-week fast, called usually referred to as the Fast of St. Mary. It always, it's, it's not, doesn't move around like Easter does and all the, all the other dates that are related to Easter, but it's, it's fixed. Its dates are from August 7th to the 21st, the fast that is, and the feast is on the 22nd. It's always two weeks every year. And we have to ask ourselves why about at least a third, if not half of our, our praises that we sing every week are related to St. Mary. And the church has dedicated a two-week fast to St. Mary. And St. Mary has seven feasts throughout the year. Um, so, uh, you know, people oftentimes um, uh, complain is too strong of a word, but maybe grumble is a better word. That there's a lot of fasting in the, in the Coptic Orthodox Church, but there's a whole lot of feasting as well. Um, so there's seven major feasts of the Lord, seven minor feasts of the Lord, seven feasts of St. Mary. Archangel Michael has a commemoration every month and has a great feast in November and so on. And so how is it and why is it that St. Saint, Saint Mary gets all of this attention um, in the church? Um, even some people who... Uh, who, who uh, uh, maybe don't understand the, the, the theology of the church will say, uh, you don't only have three gods, the Holy Trinity, you've added a fourth one, St. Mary, right? These are things maybe you may or may not have heard accusations against Christianity and so on. So what's the deal with St. Mary? In fact, in one of the, the choruses of one of the praises that we, that we sing very commonly, we, say to, we refer to her as the pride of our race. The pride of our race. Um, in many of the praises, we refer to her as, um, as the, 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 the most chosen amongst humans, and so on. And so, what's, what's the deal with, with all of that? You know what it is? I'll tell you what it is. If you listen to the, today's Synexarium, you know, it was a saint who got martyred, who was born into a pagan family, and had... Um, uh, you know, a sh- there was a shepherd in the family who was a v- very devout Christian and taught him the ways of God. And through that shepherd, he became Christian and that shepherd became like a role model or a mentor to him. And, and, and you'll notice this theme in many, in many, many, many different stories of the saints. And if you look back in your own life, you may recognize this same theme as well. Maybe not as someone who taught you the faith or taught you Christianity. Maybe, right? Maybe there is somebody who really mentored you in the faith and really took you by the hand. Um, but it could be in your, in your professional life. It could be um, in your occupation. It could be uh, in your marriage. It could be in a variety of different areas of life. People, we, we develop these relationships with people that allow them to be our role models, our mentors. And why is that so useful? Why is it so beneficial for, for you to have a mentor? Especially if there's an area in your life that you feel that you're kind of floundering, like you kind of don't really know what you're doing and you know you don't really know what you're doing. Like it's terrible when you don't know what you're doing 
but you think you know what you're doing. But sometimes you don't know what you're doing and you know you don't know what you're doing. In this particular area of life, you're successful in everything else. But when it comes to this, you know, it's, it's so helpful to have someone to lead, take you by the hand and lead you. And the reason is this, is because behaviors are most easily learned by modeling. Behaviors are most easily learned by modeling. In my past life in surgery, we had this frequent adage. We would say, see one, do one, teach one, and you'll never forget it. You know, maybe you would see it more than once before you did it. Maybe you do it under supervision, you know, hundreds of times, right? And then you teach it. And once you're teaching it to students, then you'll, you'll never forget it. But it starts off by being able to see it. I've done tons of like uh, renos and repairs and, you know, building things and so on before the era of YouTube. I don't want to like date myself here. I know it's hard to imagine there was a time when YouTube didn't exist, right? But you would try to fix something and you go to the hardware store and they tell you, yeah, you just need this piece and this and do that. And you'd get home and you'd try to do it and you'd spend the entire Saturday going in circles, right? Now, with YouTube, you watch a two-minute video and then, like, and then you just do it. You just do what you saw. You do what you saw. And you can even pause the video. You know, you can pause the video, do one step and then press play and do the next step. And I'm, no, I'm sure I'm not telling you anything which is which is foreign to you. But there was a time when you couldn't do this and you would go in, I would go in circles spending an entire Saturday doing a very simple task because there's just a tiny trick. There's a tiny little thing. There's a tiny little that you just can't, you can't miss that. But if someone could just take you by the hand Someone just like you, not like, you know, if we use the, if we use the repairs and renos example, not some like expert electrician who could do this in their sleep, who, you know, would, would forget how to, to, to describe it to somebody who's never done it before. Back in my surgery days, we would do about every three or four months, we would do these, uh, these sessions about how to teach. And so in one of them, um, you know, because we teach technical skills. Uh, and so we had, to, we, had to teach, we had to walk somebody through something with our hands tied behind our back. Because typically, I'll tell somebody, okay, you know, and then, you know, like you move the small bowel out of the way with your left hand and with your right hand, you're going to do this. And, and your hands kind of are part of the communication, you know. Um, or another time they need us to do it on the phone. Right? So you, you're describing to someone how to draw something on the phone. So you, so, you know, in two separate rooms. So call somebody on your cell phone and you're trying to tell them how to describe it. Or try to describe to somebody how to tie shoelaces. It's hard because it's, I mean, you've been tying your shoes for, you know, not to, you know, mention anybody's age, but for, let's just call it decades, you know? And you don't think anymore about how to tie your shoes. You just do it, right? But if somebody just like you, who, who, who's kind of just reached that success, is, is just one step ahead of you, could take you by the hand and guide you and teach you and show you. And that is St. Mary. In, in today's gospel, and I've, I've preached on this theme before, Jesus is sitting with his disciples and with a whole bunch of people. And they tell him, your mother and your brothers are standing at the door waiting for you. And they would have expected that Jesus would have jumped up 
and ran to the door. But he didn't. He says, who are my mother and who are my brothers? Whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my father and my sister and my mother. It is my brother and my sister and my mother. What is Jesus saying there? He's saying that what makes St. Mary my mother? Like, in a very literal sense. What is it that caused this, you know, teenage girl who was betrothed to Joseph, recently evicted from the temple, and living in the, the home of Joseph the Elder, this orphan girl, what makes her become the mother of God? The visitation of the angel? Yes, I suppose. But it's more than that. It's when the, visit, the angel visited, she says, yes. And I've spoken about this at length so many times before, so I, I'm just mentioning it now. But the, the, the great feature of St. Mary, the turning point in St. Mary, the fulcrum in her life, is one word which she says, which is yes. Well, she says it in a, a little bit more words than that. She says, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. But basically, if we want to simplify it, if we want to just make it more simple, when God asks her, will you do this? She says, yes. And many times God comes to me and says, will you spend an evening with me? Will you this? Will you that? And I am the king procrastinating. Okay, but not right now. I'm just finishing watching the rest of this show. Um, I don't know. Uh, okay, I'll wake up early. Uh, I, don't know. I have a million and one different ways of deferring, you know, um, de de deferring God. And God is knocking. Jesus is knocking on the door of our hearts and the doors of our lives and, and asking us. And what makes St. Mary... What makes St. Mary, St. Mary, what makes, her, what makes her the mother of God is that moment when she says, yes. It's a moment of opportunity. And the, the, the great gift to the church, the great gift to each one of us, to you and to me, is St. Is Mary. Is someone who did what she was supposed to do and then can teach us to do the same. And you might be sitting there saying, okay, Father John, this all sounds really good. You know, St. Mary, pride of the human race, you know, because she says yes, I oftentimes say no. She can teach me how to say yes. She can be that role model, that mentor. She can be that YouTube video that will walk me through responding positively to the Holy Spirit's guidance and leaning every time He calls me, every time He knocks on my door, every time He, you know, every time He tries to engage with me to teach me how to, how to, how to say yes. Sounds really nice, but like, I don't know, I don't think it's going to happen. Why? I'll tell you. There are a few criteria that are necessary for a good role model or a good mentor. One, they have to be accessible. Right? So you read very inspiring stories about people who have done fantastic things, people who had humble beginnings just like you and me, right? And they've done great things and they've, and they've changed the world, right? But they're a, they're, they're a story in a, in a book, on a blog, a video that you've watched, a this or that. They're not a, a person that you, can, that you can talk to. They're not a person that you can... You know, you can live with the people who really changed my life are the people that I lived with. I actually lived with them. 
I lived with my spiritual father for two months. I lived with another bishop who had a huge impact on my life for about a month, a month at a time for a, a few years, like a month and then another summer, another month, and so on. And, and living with these people, eating, drinking, sleeping in the same room as these people, traveling with them, laughing with them, crying with them, really, really taught me how to live life the way that person does it. Like, man, if I could, like, if, if I could be someone, anyone other than myself, not that I want to be someone other than myself, but if I had to be someone other than myself, I would want to be that person. You know, living with that person, day in, day out, you, you learn how to live life the way that person does it. And you take the good and the stuff that you don't like as much, you park on the side, and that becomes part of who you are. That's kind of what mentorship is. It's kind of what being a role model is to its greatest extreme. So that's one thing. They have to be accessible. Another thing, they have to have something that you wish to emulate in your life. Like, they can't be, they can't be like, you know, I don't know, like, you know, some great basketball player, but I'm not really into basketball. Well, it's great. I mean, I'd love to make millions and millions of dollars, but I wouldn't want to do it making, playing basketball because I just don't like basketball. Well, that's not very useful, right? So they have to have something, they have to be accessible, they have to have something in their life that you, that, um, that, that you wish to emulate. The third thing is that you have to be able to imagine yourself as them. If you can't even imagine yourself as that person, if you can't even imagine yourself as that person, then they are in no ways relatable to you. They may be inspiring, they may be someone who's, but they're not, they're not relatable to you. They're completely different. Frequently, um, young people will choose like a really holy monk or a really holy nun to be their spiritual guide, which is not a bad thing initially. But after a while, you know, as, as you get more into life, sometimes people find a lot of difficulty with that because they want to discuss things that have to do with marriage or raising children or whatever. And a lot of monastics don't really know anything about that. And why would they? They're monks, they're nuns. You know things about deep things about spiritual life, which is really beautiful. Some of them do have do happen to know a lot about family life, but a lot of them don't, and that's fair. Like it's it's unfair of us to expect that of others. Now the thing about Saint Mary is that Saint Mary is not Saint Mary is not some person who lived did all did did what Christ called her to do did what the Holy Spirit responded positively to the Holy Spirit and then you know, died and her body was, uh, was assumed into heaven and, and all of this, but, and that's it. No, St. Mary is a very real mother who is alive today. Who is alive today. Even as a grown man now, I call my mom. I call my mom. And we talk. And I get a lot of comfort. I get a lot of comfort just from hearing her just from hearing her voice, I get a lot of comfort. And sometimes when I'm in a really stressful situation, or sometimes when I'm in a situation in which I don't know what to do, I sometimes imagine my mom standing next to me. 
I, I sometimes hear her voice in my head. And she says funny things to me. Lately, there's something I've been repeating to a bunch of people uh, just because it was relevant to that. As a kid growing up, and I'd go to play at my friend's house, you know, walking out the door, she'd tell me, hey, John, I'd say yes. She'd say, leave while they still miss you, huh? You know, don't overstay your welcome. She'd say funny things like that, you know, leave while they still miss you. And they ring in my head and have formed me and become part of who I am. And in a certain sense, I carry that relationship with my mom everywhere that I go. I want to tell you that St. Mary is even more real, can be even more real to you than your biological mother. And you may feel the way I feel about my biological mother and you may not, right? And that's, that's totally fine. But St. Mary is, is a very real mother. And you can get to know her and you can ask for her prayers. And you can ask for your, her intercessions. And you can go and, like, you can go and, as she's standing before the throne of God, you can go and, like a little kid, like a little toddler, you can go and tuck yourself in behind the hem of her dress. You know, my daughters do that. They'll, they'll ask their mom something, and she'll say, well, let's ask daddy, right? And they know that the answer is no. Mary doesn't want to say no, so she just dumps it on me, right? Usually it's the other way around, but... Sometimes I get, I, I, I have to be the bad cop, right? And so they'll go and they'll tuck themselves into the hem of her dress, you know? And so I can't see them. All I see is my wife, right? And they come and the, the, and the, the voice is Anna or Zoe's, my daughter's, you know? It's their voice coming somewhere from around Mary's knee. You know, right? And then asking me, you know, you know, Daddy, can we have ice cream for like eighth time today or something like that, right? And the answer is, should obviously be no, but you can't help yourself. They're so cute, right? And so it, it just it just melts your heart. If we being being busy, tired, stressed, you know, overcommitted, blah blah blah, all of these things, find compassion in our hearts, and our hearts melt. When we see things like this, how about you? When you go and you hide yourself in the hem of St. Mary's dress and you stand before the throne and St. Mary pats you on the back and tells you, come on, ask, you can ask, you can ask for anything. He's your father. You can ask him for anything. And you ask for an eighth helping of ice cream today. Some completely unreasonable request which is answered should obviously and always be no. But you are, St. Mary is that mother who gives you the confidence to ask for the most ridiculous thing that you know the answer should be no of your Heavenly Father and reminds you that it's your Father. He loves you. There's nothing more pleasing to Him than the joy, the smile on your face, right? That's St. Mary. Those are small experiences of mine with St. Mary. And I'm sure... If you ask each other, and if you ask people in your family, tell me who St. Mary is to you. Don't tell me something you read in a book. Don't tell me something you read in the Bible. Tell me, tell me, ask your parents. Ask, ask you know, you know, if you've got, if you've got family dinner today or something, you know, or some family gathering. Ask, ask people, who's, who's St. Mary to you? And I'm sure you will hear some of these very similar stories you know, of people's own personal interactions with St. Mary, that she is a real mother. So she is accessible. She is 
even her beginnings are even more humble than yours and mine. She really started off as a nobody, an orphan girl, forgotten in the temple, right? And she knows, she knows our lives, she knows where we're at, and she's able to take us by the hand and lead us. So she is indeed the pride of our race. She is indeed our mentor. She is indeed the one who can take us by the hand and lead us to the heavenly life. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. I have sinned. Forgive me, my fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters. Please pray for me.